Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. I'm excited about today because the primary reason uh, that we're here and what we're talking about, we've talked so much about prayer the last few weeks, but today we're going to talk about a form of application within prayer that can completely change your life. When discussing prayer with other people, there are two typical things that they tell me that are obstacles. Number one, I don't know exactly how to pray. People tell me that all the time. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. And one thing that you guys would recognize if you were here in week one was we, we covered that. We said you were praying your will be done in every situation that we're in, regardless of what you're stepping into in your life, if it's your calling, if it's an exam that you may have, if it's someone that's sick, if it's a big decision that you have to make, whatever it is, um, we pray your will be done. So what I really want to focus on today is this part about being distracted, all right? Because what we want to build into that we've talked about constantly throughout our spring practice is building a mature prayer life. So I'm going to share with you today, we're going to talk mainly about this distraction problem. And I'm going to talk to you about something today. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 75 years, or in the case with Lucy, you're a relatively new believer. Every single person that is in here today, if you will apply what I'm going to share with you, it is going to make your prayer life more mature. Even if you feel like you have a super mature prayer life, it is going to make it more mature. But a lot of you, thank you, a lot of you may be in a situation where you would even say, I don't feel like I have a, a, a mature prayer life at all. I'm still kind of confused about what I'm doing. And when I, when I start praying, I'm thinking about the grocery list and all of the distractions and all of those kinds of things. This is for you today. And again, if you apply these practices, your prayer life is going to change in an, an amazing way. So for me, one of the biggest issues that we tend to have in the church are, are really good people. We've got people that want to serve, that want to do all these, these wonderful things, but people who suffer from a very immature prayer life. You know, they, they get the basic stuff out, they're praying for their kids. They're praying for other members of their family. They're praying maybe for their, for their country. They're praying to grow closer to God. But when it comes down to it, when it really gets into a deeper moving prayer life that changes things radically, that atmosphere that we were talking about in that last song, they never quite get there. And again, these are people who have been in church often for many, many years that still suffer from what we could call a shallow prayer life. So every spring and fall, what we do at Believer's Church is we take four to ten weeks and we take a spiritual discipline, worship, 
prayer, serving, giving, scripture reading, silence and solitude, whatever it might be. We take a spiritual discipline and for the purpose of formation, which is our first core value to become students of Jesus, we take four to 10 weeks and we really wrap our minds around that particular practice. This particular practice that we have this spring, we're in week five of six, we're talking about prayer and what it means to cultivate a healthy prayer life. So today in week five of six, what we are going to be talking about is praying with scripture or praying through scripture. We also have a list of recommended readings on our website. I've mentioned this several times. It's in the resources section. So for every practice that we have in the spring and the fall, we have some things that would be good for you guys to read. This particular message today is taken directly from one of those books. So if you're interested in this topic, it's called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. It is a phenomenal book that will absolutely change your life. So maybe you're in a place right now where you're saying, I just feel like every time I pray, I'm saying the same things over and over. Or I'm struggling in my prayer life because I feel like, and we've all said this, I'm praying, but my prayers are like hitting the ceiling and coming back down, and God is just not present, and I'm having a really, really hard time in my prayer life right now. A theme that we have had throughout this particular practice is this. If our vision is going to come to fruition, and if we are going to be the church that we are supposed to be, this church that moves beyond the walls of this place and revival completely breaks out, we have to be a church that learns to pray passionately. Not just simply the drive down the road, Thank you, God, for this day. It was a pretty good day, but I feel kind of like I need to work on this. But people who learn to pray with absolute passion and everything in them to see transformation in their lives and in the lives around them. In fact, my community group, one thing that we did uh, last Sunday night before we even got into our lesson, we spent probably, I'd say probably 30 minutes uh, talking about, you know, guys, what do you think as we went through this practice that it means to pray passionately? And we had a great conversation about this. All right, so on the topic of distraction, I often find myself saying, as you do, maybe because of something you're going through, or maybe because it's that time of the day, I need to pray. All right, pastors, I hope uh, most pastors say that a lot. Followers of Jesus uh, say that on a regular basis, okay, I'm, I'm struggling, I need to step away, and I need to pray, all right? And this was the situation Friday. And Friday, sometimes I don't kneel to pray, sometimes I will walk and pray. I love to take prayer walks, but I'm kind of circling uh, the little office over here, and immediately what I'm doing is I'm seeing on my calendar and on the dry erase board, and my phone is right there on the desk, all of the things that I need to do, like all of the things that I need to get done. And for a, a, a self-proclaimed workaholic, it's very hard for me to leave that stuff alone. One of my biggest issues with prayer, and I'm telling you this as a pastor, I will stop praying and pick up my phone to give myself a reminder. Like I will stop praying to write something down. So I'm in there and I'm trying to pray. And then I start think, thinking about this. Oh, do I, do I need to get that done? Oh, I, I forgot, I'm, I'm supposed to call so-and-so today. And somehow that only comes to my mind when I start to pray. 
So it's like, oh, I've got to get that taken care of today. That's something that I need to do. Um, I wonder what she meant by that comment. And then all of a sudden I'm analyzing everything in my mind so that the prayer is not happening. And this is a lot of us start to pray. Uh, did Beth ask me to pick up something at the grocery store? Um, was I supposed to do something for one of the kids? Was I supposed to, was I asked to do something that I'm not thinking about now? And it's like, then I try to pick back up in prayer, but it's like this distraction that's normal in the lives of the majority of us. And some of you would even say, I got tired of praying or I stopped praying because I'm such a distracted person. I can't keep any of it together at any time. So the list goes on and on. So the problem is what Whitney calls in this book, wondering boredom. Now, if I were to ask you by a show of hands, and I may not get in many because you guys are so super holy, but many of us suffer from what we would call wondering boredom. Well, well no, I'm not bored while I'm praying because, because I'm talking to God and that's like a super holy relationship. I'm not getting bored. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes some of us do. And we really start to struggle. And our minds start to wander to all of these different places whenever we pray. Will you just be honest? No, just, and it may not be right now because you're super holy. But at some point in your life, raise your hand if you've struggled with that, with that kind of distraction when you're praying. Oh, this is the most honest you guys have ever been. Yeah, because usually I'm like, do you guys have any struggle? And one hand goes like that. All right. So yeah, it's something that we all struggle with. And here is what Whitney says about this. And I love this. The problem isn't you. So you can kind of relax with that and know that you're not necessarily the problem. A lot of times, the problem is your method. All right, so the problem isn't necessarily you. Instead, a lot of times, the problem is your method. Now tell me if this sounds familiar. Praying the same things over and over. How many of you do that? Before? You've lost track of whatever you're, whatever. Father, please help Beth to have a good day. Help the kids have a good day at school. Help, and, and at some point it becomes meaningless, like because we're just saying the same things over and over and we're not necessarily pouring a lot into our thoughts. Again, nothing wrong with uh, praying for your spouse. You should be. Nothing wrong with praying for your friends over issues that you have. But we pray the same things in such a same order that they lose their meaning, and we're just heaping up these empty phrases. And we quickly feel distracted sometimes because we don't know exactly what to say. All right? So what Whitney recommends is praying the Bible. Praying the Bible. And this is how this works. Some of you are going to love this. I feel like there's a handful of you in here, and just because of where you are in your faith journey, you're going to want to apply this right away. And there are others of you in here, just because you're curious, you're going to apply this. And what you're going to see, I promise, is your prayer life completely transformed. It's going to completely transform when you learn uh, to pray the Bible. So this is what you do. You take a passage. All right, that's the first thing you do. And the easiest place to start are the Psalms. All right, because here's the thing. The Psalms were designed to be prayed. They were designed to be prayed. Now listen to this. God gave us the Psalms so that we could give them back to God. 
God gave us the Psalms so that we could then give the Psalms back to God. The next thing that you want to do is you want to read it line by line. And I'm going to explain how all this works. But you want to take a Psalm and you want to read it line by line. Now, this is really hard to do with some passages. All right. For example, you start in Joshua and you decide, and then he slaughtered 10,000 Mennonites. That's kind of hard to pray. All right. So that's one of the reasons that you start in the Psalms. But even in the Psalms, sometimes you come to a line that's a little bit difficult to pray because you don't understand it or because it seems kind of weird. You just skip over it. You go to the next line. You pray that line. You start to pray things that are going on in your life. Next line doesn't make sense. You skip it. There's no pressure with this. All right, you don't have to apply a lot of pressure or rules. For those of you that are perfectionists and you feel like you got to do the rules, all, then you're saying in your mind, well, I wonder if I'm doing it right. I hope I'm not messing, that, messing this up. Leave all of that out of it and make it very, very simple. Okay? And if you struggle with an entire passage, I will show you how you go to a different passage. So take all the pressure off of yourself. All right? Now, I'm going to give you an example of this. And because this stage and that baptism font is in the way, I'm going to put this right here. And what I'm going to do, because a lot of times I will kneel whenever I pray. All right, and I better move this or I'm going to knock it down. But I'm going to give you the best example. And this is pretty, I didn't rehearse this uh, very well. So this is, may not sound very natural, but I'm just going to try to make it sound as natural as I possibly can. Okay, so it's your prayer time, whatever your prayer time may be, or you've just been cussed out by your boss, or you're going through some issues in your marriage, or you're struggling with depression, or whatever it might look like. There are things going on. This is the way that it works. Now, I did choose one that I think is easy. All right, with Psalm 23. All right, so I'm going to even say some things that may not be true. I'll pour out some true things in my heart, but then there's some things about this that I may just, for the sake of trying to show you how to do it, I'm, I'm kind of making up. So if I start talking about issues in my marriage or things like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that's going on. I'm just trying to give you an example of how this works. I'm not about to lose my job that I know of. But so if those kinds of things come up, these are just kind of the ways that we pray. Otherwise, somebody please let me know. All right. But so this is the way that we would pray this. So I'm going to use Psalm 23. All right. That's what I'm going to use. So I kneel down and I pray. Now notice how distraction is completely removed. Notice how everything that you're typically thinking about, the, the groceries and all those kind of things are, are removed, okay? This is the common English Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Sorry, I'm not supposed to look at you. I'm praying. All right. So the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. God, please help that to be a reality for me today is I think about the things that I want to buy, is I think about the things that, that I tell myself that I need. Father, please help me to recognize that everything that I have is found in you and that there is nothing else. And that by this shepherd concept, what I think that means is that you really want to lead me. You want to lead me through the darkness that I'm going to go through. You want to lead me through the good things that I'm going to go through. Father, please help me to be able to see that. And Father, when I reach out within culture, Please help me to recognize, God, that everything that I have is right here. Everything that I need is right here. 
Um, he lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. God, the word rest is in there twice. And I'm exhausted. My job, these crazy church people, no offense. All right. My job, Father, where I just feel like this rat race all the time, and I have no peace inside right now. Let the reality of this rest be real for me. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for his good name's sake. God, I've proven I'm not very good at choosing my paths. I'm choose, I, I see God with this shepherd concept that when I lead myself, it's not good. Father, help me to live into those proper paths. Help me to recognize that even if I'm walking into depression, that you're walking me into it. That if I'm walking into darkness, if I'm walking into financial struggles, that if I'm walking into these things that I've trusted in you and you've told me that I will be okay. Get this one. Verse four is great. When I walk in the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you're with me. But God, I have to be honest. I, I do fear danger. And I'm really struggling with that danger. I'm struggling with where we are financially. I'm struggling with where I am in this relationship. I'm struggling with where I am in all these different areas. And I'm not ready for this darkest valley. I know it says that you will lead me. But I just don't feel that way sometimes. I'm really, really struggling. Please help me to fear no danger. And to recognize that you are with me. Please help me to see that your rod and your staff really do protect me. Help me to see that. Help me to, to bring that in. And God, in those scary moments, help me to feel that protection because it's a promise to me. You set a table for me right in the presence of my enemy. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full it spills over. God, knowing these truths, knowing that I don't have to walk alone, makes my cup just completely spill over. You are that good. Yes, goodness and faithfulness and love will pursue me all the days of my life. God, Matt needs to hear that today because I, I struggle with guilt. And sometimes I feel unlovable. And sometimes I base your love for me on my performance. And God, I need to know that that faithful love is following me and that I will live in your house for as long as I live. So that's kind of an example of, oh, my knees are killing me now. That's kind of a, an example of what something like that may look like. Now, um, in, in theory, it, it, I spilled the water. It was, it was bound to happen. But should I blame Tammy? No, I'm just kidding. All right. So now, that, that, is, that is really what this is supposed to look like. But the way that you pour this out in your heart, the way that you pour this out in your circumstances. So yes, you're pay, uh, praying the scriptures. Yes, you're proclaiming these truths, but you're making it so personal. And you're taking God into this. And I don't care who you are or what you believe. There is something powerful about proclaiming the scriptures. There is something powerful about holding God at his word with what he says he will do 
in your life. And if you start doing this, if you make this a practice, it is something that is going to change your life. Uh, when Beth was in labor with Cora, uh, she asked me to start reading. This is her favorite psalm, by the way. Asked me to start reading Psalm 23 while she was in labor. And I'm a nervous wreck too, but I'm standing there reading this. And it's like there's a calm in the room and there is a peace in the room when scripture is proclaimed. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting with a church leader or I've been talking to someone and we've made the decision to go to the scripture and it has absolutely cut us to the core and completely changed the direction of the conversation that we were in. So whenever you learn to apply this, it's an amazing thing. And again, the best place to start, praying the Psalms. Okay, start with the Psalms, praying the Psalms. If you pray the Psalms, you're going to quickly find yourself in a place of worship. If you pray the Psalms, you are going to find yourself in a place of repentance. If you pray the Psalms, you are going to find yourself in a place being brought closer and closer and closer in this relationship with God. Now, the Psalms are not the only thing that you can pray. Paul's letters are wonderful. There are portions of the gospel that are wonderful. But you can get into this place where it can become a little bit difficult to pray some other portions of the Bible. Do not start in Leviticus. I repeat, do not start in Leviticus. Starting a place in which the intimacy is grabbing a hold of you the same way as we look at King David. So if you decide that you want to do this, the approach you have is what we call the psalm of the day. And this is an amazing practice. I don't care if you're, you're 12, 13 years old, if you're 90 years old, it doesn't matter where you are. This is how you start. Now, I want you guys to pull up the next slide. Okay, but this is going to be a little bit tricky. If I were you and you have any interest in this, take a picture of this slide. All right, if you don't take a picture of this slide, go back later and watch the, the, the podcast or something like that so you can get this down, buy the book, something like that. Otherwise, you are not going to remember this, okay? If you want to try to write it down, you can, but this is how the formula actually works, all right? There are 150 Psalms, more chapters in the book of Psalms than any other book of the Bible. There are 150 Psalms. The method is designed to space them by 30 days because most months have 30 days or, or more, all right? So 30 days, 30 is a good number, all right? So the method is designed to space them by 30 days. The first Psalm, this is where it gets tricky, the first Psalm is the one that corresponds with that day of the week, all right? So what is today? April 3rd. Today is April the 3rd. So the five Psalms that you have, um, you know, in your, in your group there, spacing them out by 30, would be Psalm 3, 33, 63, 93, and 123. So I open up to Psalm 3, which is today, and I'm just like, I'm not feeling it. This is not really what I'm going through. Or this Psalm may be kind of a little bit weird, one of those that are kind of hard to pray. So then you have four other options at any time. Or 
If you're trying to challenge yourself to pray through Psalm 3, that lets you know on the third of next month, you'll do Psalm 33. So your prayers are always new. They're always bringing something new into the equation. So this is the way that this works. So tomorrow would be the 4th, the 34th, the 64th, the 94th, the 124th. Again, make sure you have a picture, write it down. You can get the book, listen to the podcast later, whatever it is that you want to do. But I'm telling you, this is a really, really powerful thing. All right. So what I want to do is I want to provide you with just one more example, because this is one of my favorite Psalms. It's probably my favorite Psalms because a lot of times I'm not a very good guy. And because of the fact I'm not a very good guy, I have to repent a lot. All right. So Psalm 51, we read this on Ash Wednesday and we looked at uh, when we were looking at uh, repentance and the repentance specifically of David. So I want to give you another example, especially if you're a person in here that feels like you're, you make a lot of mistakes. Maybe right now you're feeling the weight or the guilt of some of the decisions that you even made this weekend, whatever that might look like. So we know that this is the Psalm where uh, Bathsheba is where he's, he's committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he has Uriah the Hittite killed. So this is what this would look like. And I go to this Psalm for this all of the time. Again, because a lot of times I feel like I make some pretty big mistakes. All right, so this is the way Psalm 51 would look if we're doing this. All right, and I'm, I'm just going to read a little bit of it because it's a long Psalm. Have mercy on me, God, according to your faithful love. How often do you feel like you have to say that? Have mercy on me. I've screwed up. I feel like this time it's not forgivable. I feel like this time I, I, I can't get through this thing that I've done to my husband. I can't get through this, this, this constant gossip. Why do I keep gossiping? Why do I keep saying these things? What about this? I had 64 days clean. And now I have to start over. You feel miserable. You feel the weight of your sin. You know, a lot of the things that you're talking about are bad, but you go to God in this way. Have mercy on me, God, according to your faithful love. God, I can't do this. Please, this is the passage, wipe away my wrongdoings according to your great compassion. I can't even begin to understand this compassion. I can't take it in, but your word tells me that it's here for me and that it's a very, very real thing. Wash me completely clean of my guilt. Purify me from my sin because, God, I feel absolutely miserable right now. I don't even know how I can confront this person. I don't know how I can consider to call myself a Christian. Wash me completely. That was the line I would just add. Because I know my wrongdoings. My sin is always right in front of me. I've sinned against you. You alone. Father, forgive me. Do you see how that's a little bit different than just the, okay, I'm sorry, and then you go do it again? All right? Proclaiming the scripture to God in your life is just an absolutely incredible thing to do. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're a new Christian and you don't know much about the Bible. It doesn't, and, and it's even better if you've been seasoned as a Christian for so, so, so long, but you felt that you didn't have a mature prayer life. It's an absolutely amazing thing. Okay, so considering some of the problems that we could run into, some Psalms, especially other passages, are very difficult to pray. 
all right, they're really hard to pray. I'd like to give you an example. It's Psalm 140, uh, Psalm 140, 9 through 11. So imagine trying to pray this. Imagine if you're taking this one to God. Let the heads of the people surrounding me be covered with the trouble their lips caused. Let burning coals fall on them. Let them fall into deep pits and never get out again. I know some of you want to pray this, all right? But it may not necessarily be the most healthy prayer that you can pray. Somebody you work for, let them fall into a deep hole and never come out, all right? Maybe you do need to pray that, I don't know. All right, let no slander be safe in the land. Let calamity hunt down violent people and quickly. God, let them be hunted down quickly. All right, so some prayers are a little bit harder to pray. This is why you have the option to choose between five separate Psalms. Also consider scriptural interpretation. And this part right here can be a little bit difficult for new believers. Whenever you go to a passage to pray it, it is important to understand some context. You don't have the ability to turn it in to anything that you want to turn it into. All right, so be very, very careful about how you're actually interpreting uh, the scripture. Um, it's also important that you're not wrapping the words of the Bible around specifically what you want it to say, and it's very easy to do. So, so this way of praying, what it's going to do is it's going to make you a more serious student of Scripture, which I don't care how long you've been in the Word, it's always good. But again, for new believers, for people that have just been Christians three to five years, they struggle with the Bible as much as they do with prayer. It's just an amazing thing to be able to use. All right, but also the reading of this Scripture is secondary to growing a healthy prayer life. And this is what I mean by this. There is a time for deep scripture reading. There is a time for the word to pull you in and change your heart and change your life. What we're talking about today, this is not that time, okay? Reading the scripture as a student that's trying to learn what it means to follow Jesus and this practice with prayer are not the same thing, all right? You are learning to pray scripture, but you also still need to have the time within scripture. All right, so in closing today, I'll say this. As humans, we are constructed by our habits. Would you agree with that? We're constructed and formed by the things that we put in. One way that it's often said is what we put in is often what comes out. So if you're putting in nine hours of, of, of screen time a day, that's coming out. If you're putting in, well, I've got to finish these three more episodes before bed so I've streamed the whole first season, that's what's coming out. Now imagine with me what this does to our church. If we have a few people, they start praying the scriptures five days a week. Not seven days a week. We'll just say five days a week. And they really allow God to start speaking through them. Because here's another cool thing about doing this. Whenever you pray this way, these things in your heart and in these things in your life that you didn't intend to take to prayer end up coming up. 
and end up working through you. See, that's how the Spirit works through Scripture. So think about the difference between these two concepts. Number one, I'm on my way to work. I'm getting my coffee. I need to throw up my prayer to God. I'm laying down at night. Got my covers, or maybe I'm praying in my bed. I'm giving my prayers to God. Imagine that, and then imagine the difference whenever you take this book and you start to proclaim the promises that are in this book for your life. Your blood pressure is going down. Your anxiety is going down. Because there are going to be things that pop into your memory. You want to know something? You may be in a place where you really struggle with guilt over things that you've done in the past. And maybe you need to do Psalm 51 for like 20 days in a row to the point that whenever you're walking around in your daily life, it's re- literally like bubbling out of you. It's, re- it's like regurgitated. The Spirit of God is coming out of you. And you're like, I used to feel one way, but now I feel another way. And that's because of my time praying this book here. You can take it or you can leave it. That's completely up to you. But praying the scripture will completely change your life. Father, we come to you this morning. Uh, We lift you up. We praise you. Uh, God, again, I, I thank you so much for Callie and for Lucy and those families, Father, surrounding them. God, we thank you for the life change that is happening at Believer's Church. Fathers, I was telling some leaders the other day, uh, we baptized more people already in 2022 than we did in 2020 and 21 combined. God, you are adding to our number. You're doing amazing work among us. And Father, I pray that we don't push prayer aside. But instead, Father, we deeply invest in this time. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.